0: have a proposal in the matrix here it is the sixteenth of March two thousand and twenty um, i want to get off started off right away by saying that um uh, uh I don't know if you've noticed it uh, Jim noticed it earlier, but the the internet is kind of dicey lately because a lot of people are telecommuting they're working from home and that uses the internet. However, it is six thirty p m here so it's nine thirty p m on the east coast so I think a lot of people that are telecommuting have probably got their work done. And there won't be as many lags as there was earlier in the day. So we're hoping for the best. But we just want you to understand that if anything happens, that <clears throat> this is probably what the problem is. So um, anyway, uh, oh, boy, do we have a lot of things to talk about. The title of the show tonight is sound. It's not just for the senses anymore. And what do I mean by that? Well, sound can be used in many different ways. You know, right now we uh, we listen to music. We talk to each other. That's sound. Um, <clears throat> we listen to nature uh different things we we use our ears for uh, for sound, but sound can be used for so many other things so we 're going to talk about that tonight things good and bad, but first off we were we were talking about the the current situation and um, i I had to leave the room so i didn 't hear too much of it but uh, guys uh here in the, the people 's Republic of Oregon, the uh, governor has actually backed off banning people from going to restaurants. She was actually going to do that restaurants and bars you couldn 't go. Um I don't know. I, I kinda think that uh high alcohol, alcohol content in the blood might uh kill a virus, but I don't know. What do I know? I'm just a, <clears throat> a dumb little uh nurse from uh from Oregon. But um <clears throat> anyway, so the, this thing is really starting to hit hard and heart hit fast here in the United States and uh um I was looking at the statistics the other day and I was a little um well you know, as alarmed as you, as you can be being a believer in Jesus, because if anything happens to us, we go to a better place, you know, and, um, no matter what the enemy throws at us, we, we, um, you know, we will persist because no weapon formed against us will prosper. And it has uh, varying meanings to it, but at its face value, um, I'm taking it at that. Um, we, uh, we have, uh, lots of, uh, uh, things going on here in Oregon, we have, uh, for instance, at work, you, you don't, they close down most of the doors. There's only like three or four doors to get into work and this is a hospital and you go right to a table and you get your temperature taken and then you have a stamp put on your right arm, uh, which I think is, I'm going to ask for it on the left arm, I think, when I go in there tomorrow. Um, but anyway, uh, so, you know, you have to do that and, uh, there, there's no cases at the hospital right now. Uh. Yeah, uh, there's no cases at the hospital right now. However, um, uh, that's probably going to change real soon. But um, <clears throat> I remember one of my main concerns, guys, is that we have a lot of visitors that come in on on, um, on the weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays, and sometimes during the week in the evenings. And, and I suggested to the superintendent, I says, you've got a whole bunch of potential germ factories that are going to be coming in to visit our patients, and that's probably not a good idea. Well, I got the, you know, the the political answer, you know, well, we're checking to make sure if it's lawful to do that. Well, you know, is it lawful to expose us to to coronavirus? That's another law we need to look into. But anyway, yeah, they saw it the way I saw it, and they canceled all visitations until further notice, which is going to be difficult, but uh, we'll get through it. Um, So, you know, we're we're taking pretty uh, stringent measures at, at the hospital, and we're taking, um... A lot of measures here in Oregon. Um, Guys, I got a problem with with uh, there's some people that are and and rightfully so, believe me. And and I'm kind of torn between this because part of this makes me think that it's a conspiracy. uh, But part of it makes me know that it's real. And I was just reading an article. I I have a Twitter account and um, I want to read something to you. It's very short, very, very short. Uh, evidently the uh, chairman and CEO of Universal Music has been do- diagnosed with coronavirus. And I don't know if it was him or if it was somebody else made the comment, this virus simply has a preference for people with eight-figure salaries. And I heard the other day that Bill Gates <laughs> is stepping down from Microsoft. Did you guys hear that?
1: Yeah, I did hear that as well.
2: Uh, is there any truth in that? Um it sounds like you know it seems like it it's almost like I'm getting out before the legal stuff flies, you know any which way in direction. I think he yeah. knows what time to step down and get away,
1: or is he getting out Well he's really sick and he's dying <laughs> well, uh, it's maybe not even that it's you know they could be just basically going to hunker down in their their bunker or wherever you know to ride this thing out, yeah,
3: yeah,
2: but you know you're you're talking about in Oregon what's going on. <laughs> Michigan is a totally different thing. We may be two days from martial law imposed in Michigan. Our governess uh, was on the air tonight giving us the new rules and everything. All bars, all restaurants, all major stores are closed until this thing is over. And uh, the only way you're going to get your food is if they've got a carryout. Um, There are so many restrictions. We're almost on lockdown anyway. Uh, A good trusted friend of mine got a notification from uh, a member of her church, said that uh, uh, my son works uh, for the county police. We don't know which county even, you know, this is, but uh, apparently in the Detroit metro area. And they were told uh, that uh, the possibility of a state of martial law in the next couple of days, so get ready for it. Mm -hmm. So I'm not treating that as a joke. And, I mean, when you see what's going on in Michigan, I mean, everybody – isn't a panic. It's just, uh, uh, it's just crazy. Um, <clears throat> and in the opposite places of where you would expect, people are working together. People are, um, have a sense of, you know, Hey, we're all in this together. We're going to help one another out. That's in the hood. Well, in the suburbs. It's dog eat dog, man. You don't get no mercy from no one, nowhere, no way, no how. It's yeah, really weird. crazy. You know, you, the only thing I can see is that, you know, that the the underclass are used to being in situations like this where uh, if they don't work together, they don't make it. And so they get it. And me being white with predominantly, you know, black uh, area where I go shopping at, I mean <laughs> – I want to stand out there just to preach the gospel. I mean, these people got it down. They got the heart of everything so much. They look at everybody because I'm white. They come over and want to make sure that, hey, there's no tensions, man. What do you need, uh, sir? Can I help you? And, <clears throat> I mean, they go out of their way to be nice, the employees and the the other customers. We all look at each other with sorry eyes and, and uh, try to help one another out. I mean, it it is just awesome how the attitude there is totally different from – in the in the suburb and, and i lived in an upscale neighborhood you know most of the people had living rooms they had great rooms they didn't have real actual living rooms i lived in a mobile home park but it was a very very nice mobile home park so it's just a total opposite of what everybody would expect or think is happening and uh it's but it's weird i mean we are like i said we're almost in lockdown already anyway so martial law is no big deal it's just one step away which is inevitably, I think, in many, many uh, areas. But it does seem to be every state is different on how they're handling everything. And So no matter what the federal government's going to do, most of it is going to be dictated by the local government. So, you know, it's going to be very different in all the states. So you can't really, I don't think, watch one from the other. Well, one, and, one of
0: the things that bothers me, Jim, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, is that you know, like you have the state of Oregon and the state of Washington. It just uh, when it comes to the federal government, especially with ICE, they said piss off. We want nothing to do with you. Um, when they were when they were told the money was going to dry up, we don't care, you know. But then all of a sudden this this I want to kill all the SARS all the time. This um, COVID 19 uh, comes up and it's like oh federal government, you know, why aren't you doing this? Why can't you help me out with that? And and everything else and it's like you can't have it both ways folks well the feds are helping out anyway you know bush i think bush i think trump has been very uh more than fair uh with the money he's allocating and and the things that he's he's offering for for the american people you know but i i do think that some of these states are going to get things that they don't deserve and um but when you when it boils down to you know when it all boils down to push comes to shove and everything's shaking together, running over and stuff like that. We're all Americans, you know. There, there are no states when it comes to something like this. We're all Americans, but um, it, it's awful funny how um, you know the, it, they were telling the government to piss off, and then all of a sudden uh, it's all, oh we need your help, and it's <laughs> it, it's classic. It really is. It's 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 amazing. But uh, Eric, you you were saying oh Jim, we, you, you might want to finish about. Um, I, I know I cut you off, and I'm really, really sorry about that. But you know how it is—you get something in your brain, and you got to yep. get it yeah,
2: out. Yeah, I know. You got to say it out, or you forget it, right? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Um, so what you? Because whatever you expected me to say, I forgot. What you? What? <laughs> I, thought, I didn't know if you were finished or
0: not. I thought maybe you were, but uh, Eric had some revelations about his state, though, that were pretty neat, actually.
1: Yeah. yeah go ahead. I, I was just going to say here. Um, You know, for us in the state of South Dakota, we have, we haven't had any real community spread of this virus. Um, we've had, uh, 10 confirmed cases, you know, probably a total of 500 people that were tested. Mm -hmm. Uh, and our numbers have not really risen. It's been that number for about a week now. Um, nine or 10. Um, but it's interesting what's different here. Um, we have a, very godly uh, governor and a very godly uh mayor um that is running our city and the things that he is doing in terms of helping those like for example we had to close our schools but we have you know a number of kids uh in our city that that's where they only get their their meal and he wanted to make sure uh that they had uh facilitated uh the ability for them to still be able to eat even though the school is closed and they're doing all this stuff to, you know he's really encouraging people to help their neighbors um you know especially if they're elderly or whatever um obviously still practice social distancing uh all the protocols and everything like that but he's pretty much telling everybody now if you got a job that um you can work from home um remotely or whatever like myself uh he's highly encouraging that we do that so um it's you know it's a good thing to see now i don't know what the effect of this virus will be if the effect around the world will be much worse than what it will be in the united states because we have somewhat of an opportunity just to really slow this down and learn a learn a lesson um from what the other countries are facing um and i don't know if it'll be less worse here or not but i I, I I feel like Middle America where I live or if you're rural, um I think the impact may be less mm-hmm. for for you and I. Right. Um not to say that we won't we won't have some trouble, but just because we don't have the um population density, um, like some of the more urbanized areas that, that may play a role in terms of uh, the number of people that actually get infected, and the uh, you know the number of people that actually do pass away. But yeah. I can't I can't say that with certainty. But that is a possibility. You
2: know, it makes all the sense in the world. You were telling me earlier, Eric, that. Um... That even your cities are laid out where they're kind of spread out. They're more like yes, a rural they are. type area. So they are. you have a natural spread out separation. My God, we are boxed like sardines in a, a, a can here in in Detroit. I mean, yeah. we have people living on top of each other. We got people living on 40 by twenty uh, 100 by 20 uh, 100 by 40 foot lots. Yeah. I mean, you talk about you know. <laughs> Um, no, we're packed like sardines here, man. I mean, just one cough and you're speaking out to four neighbors, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep, it's a different. If it's a different world, but so. And the other thing too, um, you you guys being in Central America, you're far away from the shorelines of uh, the East or the West Coast. You consider Michigan through the Great Lakes system, we might as well be right on the edge next door to New York and and uh, Washington D.C. I mean, oh, yeah. totally our agree. environment is totally exactly like living right off shore because of the uh, the water system. All of the uh, whatever shipping goes there comes here, too. Um, yeah. yeah. Even our culture is almost embraced the same kind of. A, um, patterns that, that the, the coast would be. Yeah, that's why we're such a. Actually, our cities are predominantly. Uh, liberal, but the rest of the country. And we have a upper and lower peninsula, totally different. It's almost all urban and rural area, mm-hmm. but uh, our cities are so huge they outnumber. That's why you know the idea of the, the voting with the uh, electoral college that helps keep uh, the entirety of Michigan. On equal footing with all the major big cities that we have, which would overnumber us and make us just wiped out as non-existent as far as any politics would be concerned for voting or anything. Especially when you got super, what is it? What they call the super delegates or something? Right. Right. It's Democratic Party is just so messed up anymore. Well,
0: guys, I've been following this thing in Italy, um, <laughs> probably because you know that's my ancestry and stuff like that. And, um, one of the things that is, is amazing to me before I go into any figures here is the, the resolve of the people, man, they're showing, they're showing videos of people in what back in East, what we would call them tenements, but they're, they're pretty nice apartment houses back in, over in Italy. And, and my goodness, they're all over their balcony singing and stuff like that. They're making the best thing out of a bad thing, you know, and, yeah. and, and, the, and the spirit that they have is just totally blown my mind. But, um, I, I was listening to a doctor that um, he's he's in uh, Milan um, this thing I guess broke out of Lombardy. that's kind of southeast of uh, the area where Milan is and um, he said that uh, they had Milan to use as, a, as an example not Milan lombardy to use as an example um, they saw what happened there and it allowed them to prepare where they were in Milan. And he said that that really helped out, and I'm hoping that, oh, I'm hoping and praying that those in this country that are running things are are taking what's going on over there and 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 we'll use it and refine it even more over here, because that's what's going that's going to be what um, what clinches the whole nine th- the whole nine yards, but. Um and I was looking at this graph and it's 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 almost exponential it's it's weird
1: yeah it's, it is it is
0: it starts with uh one thirty one i don't know if I sent this to you guys it's the uh covid cases in Italy and it starts uh one thirty one of twenty and the graph goes all the way to three twelve and granted it uh it skips a few days here and there uh maybe it doesn't yeah it does well anyway um like on two one they had two cases on uh 26, they had two cases. Uh, then it jumps up to three, and then it jumps. Then it starts going as as days progress. It, it jumps from three to 20 to 79 to 150 to 277 to 320 to 445 to 650 to 800, uh, 1128, 1694, and it you know hovers in the 2000s, 2500. Uh, then it goes into the 4,000s, the 5,000s, the 7,000s, the 9,000s, 10, 11, 12, 15, and it's just every day. It's almost like it.
1: Yeah, um, it's about. I think it's about 20, 28,000 infected, and then roughly what 2100 or a little more than that uh, deaths from it. Yeah, this
0: this graph starts. It stops at 312. So I don't know, but. Uh,
1: well, the, yeah, it's actually yeah. they have they have about 28,000 infected now, uh, Italy and. 2,100-some that have died.
0: 27,980. I've got a, um, this yep. awesome so, thing called up yep. online. But.
1: Yeah, so you're basically looking at 7.7% mortality. Now, yeah. I obviously, you don't have, you know, there's way more infected out there that aren't having symptoms, so that would lower the mortality rate lower. but oh, considerably, yeah yes but the problem is, is the, it's the it's the spread of the rate of infection is f- far higher than the flu is as far as people needing to go into the hospital so it's too many people getting it at all, the same time and even though it's a smaller percentage it's enough to overwhelm the hospital systems and, and this is was...
2: compared to any other european countries and yeah. they're nowhere near nowhere near anything like italy
0: right right And it seems to be targeting the the southern European countries. It's uh, Spain and Italy, and I Mm -hmm. find that kind of interesting because those are all the Latin countries. Um, And I don't want to draw any conclusions out of that, but um, and I think I sent you guys another uh, photo that I and it's disease deaths per day worldwide.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm just
0: going to say that compared to other diseases, you know, this right now this is. probably about 12th down on the list of, uh, yes, you know, it's 56 per day, which which is bad, especially if you're one of the
1: 56 today or tomorrow or the next day, you know? You know, I've seen multiple people put that chart on Facebook, you know, because they've been poo-pooing this thing. Mm -hmm. But, again, I go back to the whole fact, you know, yeah, 600, you know, 1,000 or 700,000 people die of heart disease, but they don't (laughs) – they don't all get hospitalized at once. Yes, and right. Overwhelm the hospital system, yep. and they don't die immediately. They die over the course of time. Of course. And no one's yep. no one's taking that into account. Mm-hmm. No one is. They're not. They're not understanding that.
0: And and they're not taking into account that this thing is just, well, in some in China it's probably peaked and it's going down, um, but in, in uh, Europe it's it hasn't peaked yet. I don't think. I think they're. They're saying it's gonna peak sometime in April there. But
1: go ahead. Yeah, but look at look at the numbers for China that they've been reporting. They're hardly reporting anything.
0: I mean 042, no, All of a sudden, sudden,
1: yeah. sudden it just flat it all flatlined like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you believe that?
0: Well, knowing the Chinese, I, I think that they're using you can't. this as an excuse to to get rid of other things too, you know? And uh, right. Yeah, uh, that's because that's what communists do, and
1: uh, yeah, so they they have been dishonest up to this point. Now maybe they're being honest now. I hope it is. I hope it has flatlined, but I just don't. Mm-hmm. My sense is that it's probably not. Nothing's being reported now. I've I've actually read multiple cases here in the United States of people saying, "Hey, I got all the symptoms of this." They they beg a doctor. They beg the clinic to test them they won't they right. refused right so uh, obviously this is probably a little far larger than what is actually reported mm-hmm. but i think we all know that already right and how also
0: in italy um I, i've heard rumors and i don't know how true it is that if you're over 80 they're not even going to treat you
1: um well because... it's not that they don't they don't want to treat them it's just they don't have they have had to make a decision.
0: Well, even the to guys they it, prioritize who's going to live and who's going to die. Yeah. Right.
1: Because they don't have enough resources, nurses and staff to do it. They don't have enough right. machines to treat people. Right. So they're, they're, they're making a choice. Do you try to save the younger ones or you tried to save the older ones? And they're, they're opting to try to save the younger ones and the people that are older. Do I, do I think it's right? Probably not. But what do you, what do you do?
2: What do you have to do? Uh, Right. You got to make some kind of decisions. And so in Italy, if you're over 60 and are caught uh, walking around in daylight, you know, they they put you in quarantine. And basically, if you show any uh, uh, history of chronic diseases, they put you in quarantine and wait for you to die because they figure you're dead. So it's like, uh, you know, someone like me, the last thing I ever want to do is go get some some help I, you know i'm I'm uh, 68 um, I've been fighting this dog on uh, SARS-like flu since last Thanksgiving with ten grandkids. those little germ maggots just keep getting giving it to each other one and another back and forth. My son went and took his kids to a clinic to get, he wanted some answers um, <clears throat> oh my god you, you just can't believe the idiot the the, the ill-preparedness that we have they're stuck on this idea. Oh, you're not back. You, you've never been back. Well, you know what it is. It's a, it's the uh, it's the measles or. Yeah, they kept insisting they probably had measles or chicken pox or something. And uh, they refused to do anything because they all they would do is give them something for the chicken pox or whatever. And it's like um, hmm. they're, they're not getting any antibiotics or anything else. And it, it's like this is ridiculous. They don't even have those symptoms for any of that. What, you know, they have a upper respiratory disease. What are you going to do?
3: Right. And
2: well, basically nothing. Send them home. They wouldn't test them for uh, uh, any kind of a coronavirus or yeah. uh, SARS or anything like that.
1: Well, I, I'm not going to boast, but here in the state of South Dakota, we have two major hospital systems. Uh, and I have to boast they they are probably always in the top 10 to 20 hospital systems in the United States. Which is crazy for that in the middle, you know, South Dakota, um, that we have a far superior healthcare system than a lot of, um, you know, more densely populated areas. I don't know why that is, but it just seems to be the case. But anyways, similar thing. My wife's had a cough for, you know, four weeks now. Uh, She called, you know, they have kind of a protocol now. I don't know if you guys know that about the clinics. Called ahead. Yep, come at 10 o'clock. Stand outside the door. Someone will meet you there. You know, asked her a bunch of questions. gave her a gave her a mask. You know, brought her in, and uh, turns out, you know, he had a sinus infection. And um, let's see. And gave her some antibiotics. So.
3: Mhm.
1: Mhm. But, but they're definitely taking it serious here. You know, in terms of protocol. Um. But yeah, I was concerned too that you know she's had a cough for four weeks. You know, does she have this already? But she didn't have the fever or anything like that. But um, but yeah, she she was able to get the help that she needed. So
0: yeah, I um I took the liberty of looking up a few things. Um, uh, you know, there's there's a question of how long does this thing survive on surfaces. Um. And they were talking about aerosols, you know, and yes, when you sneeze, it is an aerosol, but usually it's in droplets and it falls to the floor after about maybe at the longest five minutes. It's, uh, I I doubt that it's even that long, maybe three minutes. Um, so it doesn't really aerosol that much when you cough or sneeze. Um, of of course we're supposed to cover up and that would be uh, when you're working with psychiatric patients, they don't agree with doing a lot of things. So, but anyway, um, it seems to last longer on surfaces like stainless steel and hard plastics it um there there was a um they did a study and um they found out that it didn't last that long on cardboard of all things uh, hmm. I don't know why maybe the cardboard helps to dry it up or something I don't know stainless steel things stay wet for a long time and same with plastic right um, so i thought I found that kind of interesting and you know. I was I got to apologize if anybody's listening and I and I was getting on your case on Facebook about Purell. Um I was right and I was wrong. Uh the Purell that does work is the Purell that's the industrial strength Purell that they use on countertops and in like hospitals and stuff like that. Uh, sanitizer that comes in a bottle may work, but it's all all according to how much of an alcohol content it has in it. I would not trust Purell. Um, as a go-to every time that you um, any time that you want to clean yourself uh, after you've been exposed but uh, if it's got me if it's got bleach or chlorox in it, it's gonna kill it. Uh, is bleach good on the skin? Uh, probably not but you know when you die you don't worry about your skin anyway so um, you probably want to use something but there's something that uh, you can get. And it's probably not in high demand, so you could probably get it online somewhere. We use them at the hospital um, instead of using um, uh, wipes with uh, Clorox, and we use cl- wipes with uh, hydrogen peroxide. And they're saying that hydrogen peroxide is highly effective on killing this virus. So mm.
3: um,
0: even if you got ba- uh, bottles of uh, hydrogen peroxide, and if you can get the two percent, that's even better. Um, the stuff that no, yeah. you gets really watered down but if you get hydrogen peroxide that's 2% or higher um, it's it's much more effective uh, i wouldn't go using it on wounds or anything like that but um, still it's it's good for uh, for disinfecting and uh
1: i use it i use it in my mouth
2: yeah when you yeah i got two i, I
1: got i got two cans
2: of it and uh that'll be good up for 2 months but i i use it also in my mouth mm mm-hmm. i yeah, have that's a good. yeah i have a, a gum uh I need to get it pulled out, but I have a, a gum infection from a, a tooth, a bad tooth, and uh, so that's what I use it for. I rinse it out, keep it, keep it clean, and everything. Yeah, I but use I use it. I use that stuff all the time anyway.
0: I use Listerine. I figure, man, if it hurts that bad, it's got to be. Good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I I am a firm. I love bleach. I got two big things of bleach. I've got um, oh, what is it, Comet? Uh, um, Comet oven cleanser, but well, you look at the chemical compound of everything that's in there. Man, it'll kill everything that's a, even thinking it's a virus. So yeah, well,
0: don't drink it. Oh,
2: I won't drink it. Too.
0: <laughs> All right.
2: Um, I, was in, me up. I was
0: at Safeway the other day, and of course they were they were clean out of wipes, and toilet paper could not be found except for you know there's like maybe f- five packs left. And um, but uh, I got together with this guy. We actually formed a friendship standing there and. And I said to him, I said, look at this—they left all the Clorox cleaner here, you know. I said they got all the wipes, but they left all the Clorox cleaner. So we picked up both, picked up a whole bunch of Clorox cleaner. Yes, it smells like bleach, and some people don't like that, but you know, again, it's better knowing that maybe you're killing some of these things. And
2: I love the smell of bleach in oh, the morning. Oh, I do too. It yeah, just... it smells like dead virus. <laughs> exactly. But folks, here's here's something
0: you should not do. I'm going to tell you a real quick story. I was working in a restaurant back in the 70s, and there was this sugar we used to work with. Didn't quite have all his synapses firing at the same time. And he became my friend for many years. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway. Um,
2: That's the kind of people you hang out with, right?
0: Well, one day one day we, we were wondering <laughs> why we were all getting dizzy in, in the kitchen. And, you know, dizzy and, and, and almost Oh, no. And, he mixed um, bleach yeah, and ammonia together. And
2: ammonia. Don't oh, ever no. do that,
0: folks. It makes chlorine gas, and it'll kill back you. Back in the 50s, yeah.
2: many housewives were dying from that because that's what they were doing. And it's it, it, yeah. it, when I was a kid, I remember that. And it always stuck with me. Don't mix the two together, you know. And Yep. Yeah, that was a big thing back in the 50s, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, do not you got to be a really old guy that. to remember that stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Again, I say, do not mix bleach and ammonia. Yes. No. <laughs> okay. So I've said it enough times. But, uh first
2: you feel a first you feel a stinging in your lungs and it's hard to breathe, then it's hard to not your te- your eyes start tearing up. How do I know that? Well, I accidentally did it before one time without realizing it, yeah, and I tell me you know better. why'd you do that?
0: I think the only thing that's worse than that is hydrogen sulfide, but uh that'll ruin your day,
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to
0: make it so you don't have another day,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: But there's a, there's a, you can find them online. There's a list. You just type in in, in your search engines things that kill coronavirus. And, uh, if it's, if it's from a reputable company, um, or this, this place has a, um, a web page that's devoted to uh, science, how to hook kill coronavirus, according to the EPA. The EPA is not my biggest fan, but I, I know for a fact that a lot of things they've listed here do kill viruses, so. Um, and remember, viruses are not, uh, are not bacteria, so don't go to the doctor asking for an antibiotic. Um, if you do get pneumonia, he'll determine if you need an antibiotic for that. Um, but, uh, most, uh, viruses do not respond. No viruses respond to antibiotics. Antibiotics kill bacteria, they don't kill viruses. Antivirals kill bacteria. Big difference. So, yeah. uh, anyway, that's a little bit of advice from my, my, little bit of medical expertise that i have here but um
2: anyway uh go ahead i was gonna say when i lived in uh new mexico i worked uh i worked in an oil field for a while and uh wherever the wherever the pumps are a lot of times in the early morning animals would get close to it you know just because for the warmth for the heat but they would die there the reason being when they're pumping the oil hydrogen sulfate would come up as a gas in the process and it would kill all the animals as they were sleeping to get warm or to be warm. I mean, I mean anything from cows to, uh, to cats and, and dogs, just, you know, and pet people's pets. So one of the reasons why they try to keep animals away from, uh, the oil fields.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And then have having worked out in, <clears throat> in all refineries myself, when that alarm went off, you, you just ran. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> because
0: they they always said the first breath you smell it the second breath you don't the third you're dead so yeah. um much more much more uh more tal- higher mortality rate than um yeah. than uh, coronavirus for sure, but um coronavirus is not to be taken lightly, and you know there's a lot of naysayers out there that are making light of it, but numbers don't lie I'm sorry, numbers don't lie folks and um, well, uh
1: well the the jokes on Facebook are declining, so that's taken care of itself. The,
2: the yeah. thing is that it is a conspiracy, but it is real dangerous too. So it's a, it, it's got ele- elements of both. And uh, you know, I did you. I don't know if I gave you guys the links or not to uh, in Wuhan where they were showing two things with two different animals that were acting out of character or for at least the people in Wuhan from what they're normally used to see. Now, the one is easily explainable, but the other one I'm looking at that and I'm going, what the heck? It, I, and I think it ties in with what we're talking about tonight as far as sound and and the concepts of sound vibration and, and uh, uh, things of that nature. Now, the one were birds, birds, and they were all crows. Well, crows are nothing but a smaller version of a vulture. Right. They their main diet is roadkill. Um, Karen, you know, is what they eat. So what these birds were doing, they were swarming like a uh, almost like a tornado, swarming in a circle and then going down. It just looked like a, a a tornado of birds. Well, they can sense death. This is their meal ticket. So they can sense something dying. So they're sensing. A huge amount of death and then they would swirl down and then go down and then consume so that's explainable but explain to me how and why fish in the water all of a sudden freaking out and jumping out of the water onto the dry land to their own death Mm -hmm. that just doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. you know i mean fish just don't do that this is not a natural act for fish i've heard that you know when when they were testing what i claim they were testing for uh dna genetic specific weaponry when when um heart facility where all of a sudden robins in certain in certain areas would just fall from the sky drop dead uh red wing blackbirds in arkansas sky drop dead um some places it was dolphins, other places uh in in up north in Canada and Wales it, uh there was these uh oh the, the um manatees. all you know, specific species, all beached on the shores dead. So everywhere in the world we've had evidence of of species targeted fish, animals, mammals, you know, dying. But just the one type of species dying, subject to something of sound, light and vibration from heart. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, this shows that they've been genetically experimenting with with sound vibrations and the effect on a specific species generated wavelength to me. And now um, some of the evidence might even point to the fact that the SARS might be genetically enhanced with nanobot technology right we know that that's real from morgellon's disease um which is the result of nanobot technology so i mean some of the things the technology that we have are being used in the most unimaginable ungodly horrific ways to produce specific weaponry mm-hmm. um but nobody can explain you can't how can you logically explain how fish jump out of the water into dry land to their death. They're freaked out by a frequency that probably is the same. It would be interesting if we ever had the time, you know, to research this, but you'd have to have probably actually go there. Um if you found out what specific wavelength is targeted for the Asian people on, through this virus. Right. It may be the same wavelengths that's making these specific fish go crazy that's and do the crazy thing that they're yeah. yeah. So yeah.
0: You know when they did the experiments. I remember when they first cloned Dolly the sheep. Yeah. Well, Dolly didn't live very long, and they came to find out that the reason they did that Dolly didn't live that long is because they took the DNA from an older sheep. So that suggests to (laughs) me that DNA ages. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if DNA ages, and you take that DNA and you use it, it's whatever you're going to use it on isn't going to last too long. So if they can do that, and they know that DNA ages. Why can't they be able to make some kind of frequency, as you say, uh, to to disrupt the uh, the DNA in a certain uh, culture or a super, certain age group? Uh, it's no secret that this thing uh, kills people, older people, and it doesn't yes. really touch younger people. You know, and you suggested last week, and it's been on my mind ever since, that maybe this is a way, I think it was you or Eric, uh, maybe this is a way for them to get rid of the older population. No, no. Well, that was, it was my son. Yeah, my yeah. son.
2: He, he was right. the he was telling me. He says, "Dad, he says, look at look at the way things are right now, just in our society. He says, uh, you know, the uh, they've got the millennials detesting the boomers, the boomers detesting the, the millennials, and while they're sitting there arguing and fighting over everything, the millennial, I mean, the 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 boomers yeah. now are out. they no longer in the employment. They're all retired, and quietly and silently gen x has assumed all of the senior roles and positions in society and their um interns um you know their people that they're training are the millenniums millenniums now the millenniums don't recognize they th- think that uh, gen x and uh boomers are all boomers and so boomers are you know not good so the thing is though he says, then he, he asked me, he says, Dad, where did you get a lot of who you are from? And I said, well, I had great parents from them, but you know where I got most of my influence from my grandma and grandpa because they loved me, I trusted them, and I heard, listened to everything they said. They told me about a world that I never lived in. Um, and he says, that's why they're taking them out. Mm-hmm. because your gra- I mean, Because of this generation gap, But grandpas and grandmas and grandpas usually all love their grandchildren. And they are the gap that they're the people that can breach the gap, even though their generation represents something that they don't like. But grandma and grandpa loves me. So I want to listen to what they say because they love me. I, I trust them. So that has been the barrier to break through to reach the younger generation is grandparents. Well, they're wiping out all the grandparents all over the earth. Right. Because so that can't happen. They won't have that input. And so the elite can continue their ungodly agenda and they don't have grandma and grandpa to to uh, interfere with it. And you got to. What is it? uh, uh, 1984, you know, it's just it's set out and laid out. Right yeah. before you Newt yeah. speak, and they don't – they're clueless to the whole idea, the whole concept. They don't know any better because they have no grandma, grandma and grandpa to intervene. Uh, and you even, know, even that in,
0: of- when the Soviets took over, who would they go after? They went after the Christians, of course, and the Jews, but they went after the intelligentsia. And a lot of the intelligentsia were the older people, the people that knew better, the teachers and everything else that, that taught the old way.
2: Well, so are the original know. rebels that led the whole communist movement. Uh, Uh, thing they're the movers and shakers they're the ones that aren't just going to sit on their butts they're going to be held responsible so when they see how much of a sham communism is they're going to be the first ones to start another revolution so you know what we'll just cut to the chase kill them all yeah thanks thanks for helping us get in here but you're going to find out how phony are so we got we got to get rid of you sorry yeah
0: exactly (laughs) exactly
2: uh so you know so in a total outcome the way the the elite look. They says, "Look, you're going to get socialism. So here's the ice cream man holding two ice cream cones. One is communist socialism. One is national socialism. Which flavor would you like? Because you're going to get one of them, whether you like it or not." Mm-hmm. So you are know, just you, playing us.
0: A... You talk about frequency like that, you know. And <clears throat> I um, years ago, I became a friend friend uh, with uh, some woman who um, I don't even remember her name anymore. So she will remain anonymous. But uh, <clears throat> lived over in Scotland, southern Scotland, and was telling me all these things that were kind of hard to believe, you know, like uh, her her ex-husband was part of the Illuminati and so they were after her. And I believe it now, but um, and so what they would do is they would they would uh, they were concentrating uh, some kind of rays on her brain, and she was constantly getting lesions on her brain and and things like that, and you know the the health system over there, she couldn't really go to it because it's the national health system. And if she goes to it, they're going to report where she is, you know? So she was right. in, in quite a pickle, but she said that she would always hear things, always hear sounds, frequencies more, more or less, you know? And, um, <clears throat> not long after that is when I met Lourdes and, um, you know, and, and she, she wasn't in the best of health right from the beginning, but, um, she would ask me every once in a while, do you hear that humming noise? And I, I would say, no, I don't. I don't hear it. I don't, I'm not saying it's not there. I just don't hear it. Oh, no, there's a humming noise. I hear it quite often when we're laying here in bed, you know. And I said, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll have to look into that. And, and we did a little bit, and we, we found, and, and I remembered back to my friend over in Scotland, <clears throat> and I said, "I said, you know, I, I, to myself, I said, I wonder if they're targeting her, you know, uh, to get to me you know, and, and, uh, so anyway, it always made me wonder if, if, you know, the demise that she, she went through was, was planned and it was, and it was an actual action of a, an outside enemy entity rather than, a, um, a, an infection of her brain or whatever, you know, and, um, and it was about that time that you and I both knew a couple of researchers kind of, that are kind of like ourselves, although probably not anymore, and, um, they were having their wives were having some problems with their with uh, brain problems with uh, I think one had a tumor and was hearing noises and and uh, I remember distinctly talking with you about that but um, one of the guys was quite quite famous if well, I'm not mistaken I can't remember who it was but. <laughs>
2: Anyway, so it was better you don't remember. We don't want to bring names up, but yeah, I I do remember that. Well, you know, when I lived in New Mexico, Taos was up in the mountains. It was northern uh, part of uh, New Mexico, and they had what was called the Taos hum. Many people living up there could hear a hum all the time, and it drove some of them buggy where they couldn't even sleep at night or anything. Well, that's starting to be experienced in a lot of different places, a lot of different, uh, you know, all over the world. In Michigan, we have...
0: from you over in Canada, right?
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah, over in Canada, they they actually, uh, a lot of the people were suffering all kinds of, uh, they could hear this drone, deep drone sounding uh, thing in their ears, but, you know, not everybody heard it, but only certain people heard it, and it was driving them, you know, buggy enough to where the government decided to try to find out, track down where this was. They tracked it, and it was on Zug Island in uh United States, in Melvindale, um, gosh, only a couple of miles away <laughs> for where my daughter once lived. And, uh, Sug Island is a steel foundry. Um, it looks, if anything could represent hell on earth, I mean, it's, you know, when, especially when they open the foundry doors at night, I mean, uh, the whole place smells like you're underneath a cutting torch while you're cutting steel. Oh, wow. and I know you, you can relate to that. Oh, yeah. Well, imagine breathing that all the time, 24 seven. That's the way you live. That's why property was always cheap in Melvindale. But, uh, um, it it was just crazy. It went back to that. And so something in the manufacturing process or something there was creating the same kind of a resonant sound or something. And to this day, America's going to Canada. Sorry, guys. We don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't yeah, mean it. Yeah. We, don't, we don't know yeah. what's going on. What, what better I,
0: cover to do something than to put it in a plant like that or underneath or whatever, you know?
2: Well, in this case, and I don't know whether it's uh, whether it's a totally nefarious thing or whether it's just a combination of physics that is producing the sound that stimulates into action. And pe- some people are sensitive to that sound. They can pick it up and they can hear it. Um, I'm real sensitive to the smart meters. If you've got a smart meter on, I, I can know it. Um, you know, at my house, I went ahead and, and – uh, because it wasn't attached directly to my house, it was on a post because I lived in a mobile home. I could wrap that thing around with aluminum foil and go back in the house. And, oh my gosh, it's like somebody turned off the switch. I remember aluminum foil and man, you know, I get fatigued. I get, um, I, I'm just tired all the time. Um, I don't really hear a hum or anything, but my body reacts to the electromagnetic radiation emanating from it. Right. But you wrap it in aluminum, foil and you know so yeah that's where you get the tin foil hat things i don't know not really but tin aluminum foil absorbs certain amounts of radio radioactivity that's why they use aluminum uh to hold the uh, isotopes in atomic you know manufacturing plant in in generation plants the only thing is it got to end up in time it builds up an uh an amount of radioactivity and they got to uh replace the aluminum Holders because they become more contaminated than what they're holding right, <laughs> so they, gotta, right. they gotta so it's like uh, when I learned that I'm going so what is that aluminum doing around my smart meter you mean you tell me that stuff is probably glowing just as bad or worse than, than what's emanating out from it if it's collecting and holding it and I'm going oh my God what am I gonna do so I started replacing it every <laughs> every other month or so you know hey it uh, works. Uh, you can
0: also put a Faraday cage around it, too, you know, with uh, <laughs> yeah, a metal, metal screen, you know. <laughs> That's shown to be quite effective, too. And uh, I had a laugh because when I would watch those, you know, I watched a whole bunch of videos about how to make Faraday cages for those things, and the guy was like, oh, and you got to put something on the back. Well, the back of every box that I've ever seen in one of those meters on is steel, <laughs> you know. And and steel is very good at, at um, you know, it's it's a much thicker uh in molecular structure than in aluminum and that's why it's heavier um and it so I don't worry about the back of the thing um around the sides yes, I do you know it's it's broadcasting to the left to the right and out right out the front of it um so uh I do plan on doing it except I'm giving it a lag period because i did um i did. <laughs> I just had to do this. I I had to call up the power company and ask them about the safety of it. And they they swore to me it was safe. And then I cited some things that I'd read in scientific journals. Well, you know, the yeah, but you know what? It's it's such a low um such a low radioactivity, you know, that it doesn't really And I said, "Yeah, I've heard that before, too." I said, I'm thinking about putting a Faraday cage around it. Oh, well, you know, you better not put anything around that thing that might interfere with it because you can get fined $300 for doing that, you know. So I'm going to let that kind of go for a little while, and then I'll do it because they would have forgotten about it by now, and nobody listening to this knows my address. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Windsong is, always, is telling me, and she's told me before that my voice is a lot quieter, and that's just... Um, the Nature of the Beast, wind song. Um, what I do, if if anybody's interested, what I do is after this program's over, I immediately um, take it and I, I balance out the sound so that all of our voices are the same. And then I take the file that's on there, I, I delete it, and then I upload the, the uh, revised version. And it's it always sounds a lot better. So I do apologize. I've tried to fix it. I don't know why it doesn't sound as loud as everybody else, but... Um, I mean, I've got it turned up as far as I can in every setting in Windows, and it still does this so uh thank you as long as you can put up with it i i, I hope you can um that you know that's that's the nature of the beast uh where this is concerned so um I sometimes lament that we can't afford blog talk radio it had so many good things to it but um anyway uh, speaking of sound uh <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, you know, I was reading about sound guys and, and I remember reading a story and I think this, uh, it was somewhere, it might've been in Baghdad or one of the cities in Iraq and the United States had a weapon there and I guess there was a bunch of militants on a bus or something and they were refusing to come out and, and so they focused this weapon on the bus and basically it burned everybody alive inside, (laughs) um, and I'm assuming it was probably a microwave weapon.
2: I was gonna say it sounds like a microwave weapon, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so you want to talk about how sound can be used as a weapon? There's one right there. Yeah, there you go. You know, and uh, uh, what particle beams I guess would be would be um, considered a, a sound weapon too, because it uses frequency. Anything that uses frequency is sound. People, you know, they they think of frequency and they think of okay, what you can hear. What a dog can hear, but they don't realize that it goes up into um, it goes into uh, megahertz and gigahertz and terahertz that that you you would never even imagine. Um, what you listen if you listen to like fifteen thirty on the AM scale, well that's well like one point five um, megahertz I do believe, yeah. Um, and it's it's a relatively low frequency or it's fifteen hundred hertz. Um, if you uh, if you listen to uh, FM that's a little higher, that's like 88 megahertz. Um, and then you go into short wave and then you go into um, the even the tighter band short waves and then you go into microwaves and uh, you know' it's, it's, it's almost infinitesimal. I don't think they'll ever discover the smallest wave. But if you've ever seen an ocean wave, how it goes from a peak to a trough to a peak, that's that's basically what a hertz a hertz looks like, and a hertz is a cycle. And so if you're listening to like 1530 on the AM band, that's 1,530 of those cycles a second. Okay, and a microwave is, is in a very high megahertz if it's not in in, in the gigahertz range. So um, you know you take all that energy and you point it at something. My goodness, it's it's amazing. It's uh, it's uh, just about as dangerous as light energy is because, um, lights, uh, light is measured measure, <laughs> measured in magnitude, excuse me, had a hard time getting that one out. Um, but, uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's interesting how, uh, everything that God made for us and man has discovered can be used for good and evil, you know, uh, Atomic energy can be used to light houses it can be used to ignite houses
2: um, look at the look at the grandfather the famous quote of the grandfather that created most of the technology based uh weaponry that's now being used came from his foundational work who he claims got he got it at night from fiery spirits that would visit him and download projects or programs um you know, to do it. And that is Nikola Tesla. Here's right. what he had. to say. He says, if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency and vibration. Mm-hmm. And that's from the man that produced all of this as a reality and a fact. And he would probably be having a, a very upset, broken heart when he saw how it has been weaponized now against us. That was never his intention. He was a, a scientist as a purist in a humanist kind of a way. He really wanted to see mankind benefit zero point free energy, uh, you know, energy and, and he really wanted to benefit mankind. He didn't know Christ. I wished he did. Um, you know, he had a different belief system, but. He, as a as a and you know we know we don't get to heaven by works so he was a a good man he was a good guy he just unfortunately probably i mean i don't know at his deathbed but he didn't make the wisest choices um as far as preparing for eternity but he was a genius but he clearly understood and has the proof is in the pudding of the accomplishments, the patents, the discoveries, the, the Tesla coil, my gosh, that Tesla coil has been responsible for everything from the, uh, uh, Philadelphia experiment to, um, uh, the looking glass experiment. I mean, these are all results of, of his notes and his stuff. Of course we did a program uh, about what a month ago, maybe. Yeah. it was uh, so. mm-hmm. about a month ago. And of course, you know, his, uh, all of his notes and everything he had was illegally seized by the government upon his death in
1: 1943.
2: Um, they looked at it and really couldn't understand what the heck they were even looking at. So they went to the most trusted physicist that they knew in, in that time. And they went to this man and they said, can you look over this? Is there anything to be concerned here or whatever? Now this man Uh, When he was assigned to a a project, he had the missing elements to make x-rays actually work. Everybody was stumped until that point. He's had a history all his life as being like a predominant well-known physicist. Why we never heard of his name, I don't know. Maybe that was, you know, predestined by the Lord or something. But we never really, you know, read about him going in. You know, when I grew up in school, I never heard of this guy. And, uh, and anyways, so they gave him all the notes. He knew they were going to weaponize this, so he he actually kind of lied and says, Well, no, it's just a bunch of mathematical calculations and basically gibberish. There's really nothing here to be concerned about. Oh, okay. And, uh, so he got to keep them, he got to keep all the notes, everything that Tesla ever worked on, everything that Tesla ever had. Mm-hmm. The guy's name was John Trump. Yep, when he got older. He gave it to his favorite nephew because he knew that his nephew loved history, that he was a, a guy that would uh, – that he could trust with this information. So he gave it to his nephew, Donald Trump. Right. Oh, man. The sound of the last Trump. Yay, go Trump, man. Go Trump. Yeah. No wonder you're one step ahead of everything. You're one head of step ahead of time. Yeah. You got all. Can you imagine having the notes of everything that he ever worked on or thought, or, or you know, from back to the 1880s right up to 1943? Mm-hmm. How could you not? I mean, wow.
0: Yeah, and and to have the billions of dollars that you have to be able to implement it and to experiment with it to see if it really works too, you know. It's... Yeah.
2: And then and then to know that, oh, President, okay. All right, that that'll work. Mm-hmm. Do you think do you think he, yeah.
1: Do you think he's actually using Chronovision to look?
2: I I do Eric, I really do. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean what, what Eric is talking about, guys, in, in case you haven't listened to other printer shows, um, Nikola Tesla did an experiment. He put a coil on one end and a quail on the other end. And he stood in the middle of it. What he experienced was for that exact location, he could see past, present and future all at one time. Like like uh, um, Alice in Wonderland looking in through the looking glass. He could see it all at one time. So this is part of his notes and everything. So yeah, that's it
1: scared him you know, half to death, didn't it?
2: Yeah, I think so. It, well, who wouldn't? You know, <laughs> how could you even process it with your mind? You know that you're you're seeing everything all at one time. You're seeing outside of time. Um, then to think later on that you could not only see, but you could step into, like stepping into the looking glass. You could step into it and actually be there. Now, how you step back out or anything—that's way over my head. I'm, you know, I'm not a physicist. Uh, Bible scholar, yes. Businesses, no. So what is interesting, though, is when you can find book, verse, chapter, text, and verse, it confirms all of these crazy wild things. Then you go, oh, my gosh. Now I know. Now I found it in the Iraq. And now I found it in God's word. You know what? This this is real. And here it is. Here's the reference. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, who would know? I mean, Trump has already alluded to the fact. He says soon. They were talking about the bus uh the busing in this one city and he says, well, pretty soon we're going to get that right. You won't have to worry about busing or anything. Didn't he make the comment, Eric? I think you're the one that heard the comment that he said that in the future, oil is only going to be used for... Um, I heard that. I don't okay. know, well, heard
1: it, yeah. you know, Kim Clement echoed uh, that that gas would go down to a dollar and below, like, the, like a, a gallon of gas. Mm-hmm. So that would mean that there would have to be some either we were free of uh dependent on oil from other countries and we had our own, or it means that we had alternative um energy sources available so that you didn't you know, gas wasn't needed as much. You know what I mean? So right.
2: Right. Uh, I have a, one one friend, and, and uh, you asked me the same thing, Dave. I, I've never dabbled too much in the stock market or anything, but I have another friend that has a lot of investments, and he says, "Well, Jim, what, you know, if this is all true with Trump, what kind of things should I invest in?" I said, "Anything that has Tesla technology." He was thinking I was meaning um, uh, Elon Musk's Tesla tech. No, no, forget Elon Musk. No, don't even, you know, he's not even in this picture. Anything that is based on uh, Nikola Tesla's technology, invest in those companies that are going to be directly resulting in working with that. Uh, you're, that's a guaranteed gold ticket, you know, just, you know, for this short time interim. As soon as this stuff blows away, you've got some extra money or, or something outside of the dollar because it is going to crash Um Those of us that do have made preparations and we've got the money to invest as seed money, this is what I'm, you know, I'm going to reach a day and a time when I'll have a little bit of money to invest in. I'm willing to be investing in any of anything that is uh, from Nikola Tesla's technology, the man, not the organization. And uh, it's going to be a guarantee. This is part of what um, Trump said he's going to start releasing some of the zero point free energy stuff to society to benefit us all. Uh, to make us, you know, break all the chains and bonds from the rest of the world's uh, oil. Oil is going to be needless. It's not going to be necessary. Uh, well, it'll be an object of dispute, you know, in in this coming year. But after this year, nope, it's going to be lubrication. That's all it's good for. That's all it's going to be used for. We're going to have free energy. So manufacturers um, are have to will have to manufacture and actually create and make. These articles, so those are the companies to invest in, and you can't lose on that one. Right. That's our future legacy for at least three and a half years, anyway. The other three and a half, yeah, not so much.
0: You know, he also said uh, he mentioned something called clean coal, and I don't think it's the three kinds of coal that we have. I think he's got a way of producing it so that it'll burn clean. He said there's a thing called clean coal. Coal will last for a thousand years in America. Now we have natural gas and so many other things because of technology. We have unbelievable, we have unbelievable, we have found our, over the last seven years, we have found tremendous wealth right under our feet. So good, especially when you have $20, $20 trillion in debt. Uh, <laughs> so if you, get, if you can find a way to burn coal cleanly, then... uh you know, and I have no doubt the man can do it. I think he can do anything he puts his mind to. You know.
1: Well, that's that's interesting you say that because uh, I think I thought Kim Clement echoed something about him and the Federal Reserve, you know, taking down the debt of you know the giant of debt that we have, and I think it said something about him picking up a rock of some kind, mm-hmm. and 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 everybody laughing at him. Right. But then. Uh, Kim Clement says something to the effect that what he does next with it will be so ingenious. It could only be um, instituted and designed by God to happen. So whatever it is. So I know something's going to happen in the Federal Reserve. Maybe the dollar crashes. But then, you know, maybe it's like a a reset of debt. And we don't, you know, all our debts are cleared. I don't know. Well, That's uh,
2: already being offered in New York.
1: Debt jubilee. Ju- yes. jubilee so. okay, yeah
2: you're why don't you explain it to everybody what that
1: debt jubilee is oh i don't i don't fully understand it jim other oh, than I he- okay. i've heard the word mentioned before uh
2: right. i do understand it then maybe
1: okay. i should explain
2: it uh debt jubilee is actually and, and it, but it's a trap the way they're going to set it up yep uh it, it is a trap it's free money we are going to with the year of jubilee a year of jubilee in the in the hebrew culture meant that your debts i uh dave what is it what's the cycle? Every
0: well, it was every seven years, but the 50th seven. year was was the most important one. That was, yes. was the jubilee year.
2: That was yeah. that where the whole national debt, everything was wiped out. You get to start over again. Uh-huh. And it's it's like a free start over. So all your debts, you know, because the coronavirus, you know, prevented you from going to work, prevented you from paying your bills. Prevented you. From, we're going to cancel all the bills, everything. It's on our tab. We're taking care of all of it, and we're gonna give you some free money to get yourselves back into position in society where you belong. That that wasn't your fault because you lost it. But the thing is, they're gonna continue to give you this offer of free money, but there's where the chains and the strings are attached. And so they get you on a welfare form system, so that if you ever try to get off of it, you're gonna be punished for it. You know, people sometimes wonder why people stay on welfare. Well, every time they try to get off of it they're punished because they're going to get less money less uh of everything why the heck would anybody want to get off of it then i got a family to take care of If if it means i got to stay on it well, i guess i do because if i get off it then i get less and then my family hurts so it's the same kind of string uh chain setup that they're trying to do with this jubilee thing but it'll sound great and very merciful in the beginning and it will be but even then um that isn't going to last for too long because trump is going to right the wrongs have a chance to make uh america great again but we're talking and i think all this is going to happen this year but we're talking that stuff is going to be after september but before november oh you want to talk about an october surprise man the democrats are gonna freak well no by then i think the the uh the tribunals will already come into action. Most of them are going to be in Gitmo, and the rest of them are going to be in uh, Leavenworth. So there's well, going to re-
1: I've got a friend be
2: maybe Bernie that's going to run. That's
1: I got well. a friend that thinks that through this whole course of this coronavirus thing, when they do cl- declare martial law, that there'll they'll be a little period of time where they'll actually go in and do the arresting during this whole thing. But I, hmm. I can't say for sure or certain, but. That was his thought pattern on it.
2: You know, a lot of the underground explosions and and, and some of the fires and everything that were over in the West Coast were actually tunnels that are being blown up where they were using those tunnels for uh, illegal sex traffic and everything. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, Trump was kind of behind. This is part of cleaning up the swamp. So uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that would be, you know, they would use that for that purpose. Right. Um, It's going to be used in a lot of places. I mean, a lot of weirdness going on in my parking lot with with uh, things that someday we'll be able to talk about, but we're not going to be able to talk about it now. But um, they're shifting gears, man. And and, and I mean, I'm almost thinking that uh, the powers that be are waiting for us to get into a very bad place of vulnerability. Uh, You know, with this coronavirus martial law thing, I'm afraid some of them are going to try to get jihadi with us and not going to be a good thing. Oh, uh, but, uh, that's going to be their, their downfall. Well, um, not in I, my neighborhood. I, I will be an ambassador to Christ first, but when all else exalts, uh, is exhausted, um, I'm going to also defend my family, my loved ones. Um, you're not going to impose yourself here.
0: Well, I'm just saying that their plan is going to turn against them and it's not going to oh,
2: work for them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, um,
0: yeah, it's, uh, it's quite interesting, uh, uh you're right it's 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 funny how um all these uh and it's it's happening in states like yours and uh new york it's all the the urban states new jersey um they they're really clamping down a lot like um almost a lot like the nazis did in uh world war 2 yeah exactly <laughs> you know? yeah,
2: yeah
0: and it's i mean it's a prime example of what hitler did you know Take, take over the industry, take over the businesses, tell them when they can open and close, tell, tell the uh, people when they can ride the train and when they can't ride the train. Um, and I found it awful funny. Somebody pointed it out. I hadn't thought about it, but, um, Kate Brown just, uh, passed this new thing where she's, uh, she's basically circumvented the, uh, Oregon Constitution and written law. And I'm waiting for somebody to, to go arrest her and throw her into pokey, but um, she uh, actually um, instituted a tax, uh, out, which is outside her scope in the York Constitution. Um, it has to be done by either representatives or by the people. In other words, voting it on a measure or the representatives doing it. And uh, and uh, part of that is um, uh, is is to take over. A lot of the functions of uh, normal normal day Oregonians here, you know. Uh, she she the other day she, my goodness, if a, if if a, po- a person could have a crown on, uh, proclaiming things, you know, I, was, I felt like I was watching the the uh, series The Crown about Queen Elizabeth, you know. And um, you know, well, I'm trying to decide whether to let, allow the stores to remain open. I'm trying to decide whether to uh, institute curfews for people at certain <laughs> times of the day, you know, and I'm like, my goodness, you you know, you're basically a uh, uh, de facto ruler over uh, a country here. Um, it, it's ridiculous. It really is. And it's uh, it's being fought tooth and nail. We, we didn't lie on our backs like California did. California's like, OK, well, there's nothing we can do. You're going to do it. And we're just going to put up with it. And. And pay for $6 a gallon gas and everything and stuff like that. But um, it's being fought quite stringently up here. Um, but, um, and, and the people, it's funny, the people that are fighting it are people that moved here from California to get away from California. They're the ones that are, are for all these taxes and everything. But um, anyway, uh, it's uh, it's getting kind of weird out there. Uh, our county uh, de- declared a state of emergency, Um one guy died in a nursing home and they declared a state of emergency, um, which I think is a little too much right now. You know, um, uh, I understand trying to get a, a ahead of things, you know, and, and trying to, to nail down the brass tacks, so to speak, so that worse things don't happen. But, uh, just because one man, an elderly man, and we know that the elderly are susceptible to this, um passes away, all these all these things are being done. But, you know, Eric, you mentioned earlier before we got online that good things are happening, too, and, and good things are happening here, too, because um, there's a measure that went through in one of the cities here, and I think it's going to go statewide, uh, where uh, the stores are going to open up early, like from 7 to 9 or from six to 6 to 8 or something, so that older people can go in there and shop and not be mauled by the younger people. Um, and not be exposed to uh, the contagion, which a lot of the younger people carry, but don't manifest, you know. Um, and there's, so there's people all over online saying, hey, if you need me to go pick up your groceries, just call me.
2: Wow, you know? that's cool. Yeah, you
0: know, I'll go pick up your groceries. So I'm, I'm seeing a lot of the good in people coming out, um, which is something that, you know, you don't see very often anymore. And uh, so... With with the bad, what where, where does the scripture say? We're where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, you yep. know? So for the longest time, we've seen the bad in people. Where now we're starting to see the good in people come out. And uh, so this thing, although it's it's going to be tragic in the amount of lives it takes, it's going to be a unifying factor in many ways for a lot of people. You, yes. you, you talked about going to the store today, and you kind of touched on it when we were talking, but... When you told me this on the phone, my Bar- Barbara and I were listening to it because it was on speaker, and um, you made such a make it sound made it sound so wonderful about going to the Walmart in in the inner city, Jim. And I I would really like you to elaborate on it as much as you can because it was such a beautiful story that you told, and it's a unifying story and a story about how pride and prejudice can be overcome. And it just man, it warmed the cockles of my heart, and it still does when I think about it, so um, I
2: think I might have briefly mentioned it, but yeah i can I can go into uh, detail because when you went into yeah. detail, it was really awesome well when i when I first went up uh, now, I was told when I first moved to neighborhood they said, you know you don't might not want to go to that one they, people drive kind of crazy, and it's just kind of kind of reckless and careless, it's mostly uh um inner city people that are, that are going to it and predominantly blacks. And uh, so some people were actually driving 10 miles away to a different Walmart rather than to go to that Walmart. Well, you know, I, I work in the hood. I know how to live in the hood. I love those people. I have no problem going there. They're driving, you know, yeah, it's my way, not the right away. You know, I get it because I live there. So I'm, I'm able to tolerate that part. I go down there and the first thing, there's a, a guy, you know, a Walmart worker there with, with carts. And I said, he, he was taking them away. And that was the nearest place where I could get any cart. I said, excuse me, could I get a cart from you? He says, oh yes, here you go, sir. And, uh, and I took it and I thanked him. He says, you have a, uh, you have a nice day, sir. Um, Glad you're here or something like that. I mean, man, okay, cool. Uh-huh. And so I, I, I i go into the place um and look at all the faces of everybody and everything and first off i mean i was shocked i thought i was going to see a packed place i was going to i was planning on being there about an hour i was just picking up my insulin i wasn't really gonna i was going to maybe take a brief survey and see how crazy things have gotten there yet but uh and i did do that but i mean it didn't take me very long at all i went in um Everybody smiling and 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 polite with each other, and I could hear uh, people, you know, kind of like all in teamwork, helping out each other. And I'm going, wow, this is really cool. I've not seen, you know, I mean, it's it's got a different atmosphere, a different feeling. You could just literally feel love. You could feel fear and concern, but you could see, you could feel love and concern for one another. All of, uh, you know, all of them uh, were looking out for each other. It was like, we're all in this. We've been here before. We know that we got to work together and stick together. So me being the only vanilla stick in the midst of everything, they were going out of their way to be very nice to me. And I think it was their way to show that, you know, we don't see color here just like you have. I mean, some of them I knew, and it's almost like, you know, you don't see it. I don't see it. We care about you. You know, you're man. part of you you're part of this community here in this store right now we're all working together. I had a lady, I mean, I'm five foot six. I had a lady says, Could you help me? I you know, I can't get this in. and and I laughed. I said, Lady, you just made my day, man. I'm five foot six. I've never been asked by anybody to reach up and grab something for you. I'd be more than happy to. So I climbed up and I got I got what she needed and she thanked me and said, uh, God bless you. And I said, he does. And I hope he blesses you, too. And she just turned around and looked and kind of surprised. And we knew that we were both born again. We could just sense the spirit in each other. Right. And it was it was awesome. And and so it was the whole day like that, The whole day. I was there uh, not hardly at all um, getting my. um my um, insulin, insulin uh, the same kind of thing, and I I couldn't remember the name of it. And I and I, um, the African American lady that was working there, she kind of went the extra mile. She says, "Well, we only have one left. If you," I said, "Well, if I look at it, I, I think I can know what it was, but I can't remember the name. It was uh, Norvask N." You know the stuff you shake up and it looks milky white and that's that's what I needed for the all night stuff. And then I said, if you ask him, he, he'll know. He'll he knows me. So he was busy on the phone when he was done. He says, he says, oh yeah, I I know what you. He says, here I'll I'll bring it to you. And you tell me. I said, oh that man, that's it. I says that's the only uh, insulin we got left. I said, oh thank you Jesus. Wow. You know and I and I, and I you know and so I I, I got it. And I said, OK, let's look and see how weird everything is. And as I'm walking through, I'm just seeing everybody like a family working together, helping each other. No pushing, no shoving. Everybody's encouraging each other. Um, and they see me and they just target me right out. You know, um, can I help you, sir? I mean, just just loving me to death. So I'm just loving them to death back. I thought, my God, I wished I had a you know, I'd just go out and stand out in front and just with a bullhorn and just start preaching the gospel. Most of these people already knew it anyway. It just was incredible. I'd never seen anything like that before. You always hear about the you know, the the push and shoving and the fights, but man, you go in here and you're gonna get loved to death. That's just it was incredible today, what I saw, what I experienced. And that was in the hood. That was in the place where nobody wanted to go. It's like You know what? We've been rejected, neglected all of our lives, but we know that the only way we can get through this is to work like a family. Let's just be a family now and get through this. My gosh, God God has been doing a work in Detroit uh, through the efforts of peacemakers and many other ministries of reconciling black and white together. Many of us here in Detroit know that it's been prophesied that the revival that ends up reaching the entire world starts in Detroit, Michigan. I can see it. I can see it happening. I can see it with the breakdown of the color barrier. But, you know, the one breakdown that is still not totally resolved, it, race, nationality, um, all that stuff is is not even a, an issue anymore. Right. But the one thing that's still an issue is doctrinal differences between Christians. Can you believe it?
3: Are God, you a no. Calc? Are you a
2: Calvinist or an Imanist? Are you uh, a Trinitarian or Jesus only? Are you, you know, do you baptize Father, Son, Holy Ghost or in Jesus name? Well, actually, I learned a long time ago. I do it in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, in Jesus name. So I cover all the bases. Everybody's covered. So no complaints, <laughs> no arguments. Shut up and go away. Right. Um, you know, it, it's it's so silly. That was one that is still kind of like pulling teeth. And I think by September, it's going to go away. It will never be there again. Mm-hmm. um we'll be all on the same page guy is a way when he does his reset man oh boy it's either you're either a wheat or a tear, a sheep or a goat nothing in between no no graded shaded areas to hide in the only gray shaded area is when black and white come together and now it's gray that's kim clement i think used that uh term one time i kind of chuckled on it it was uh it was pretty good, but
1: um... well, he, I mean, he, he echoed that. You know, he, he looked and he saw that there was no longer two parties of people. Yes. Um, it, he, he looked and he saw they were all one, and he was just, he was stunned by it because obviously you look at the landscape and you're thinking, how could that ever possibly happen, given the current conditions? But, right. But in light of what we're beginning to see here now, um, it will do just that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you know, Pastor Steve Upshur and, and, um, in his ministry, he's spent an entire lifetime preaching unity in the body. And now he's beginning to see the rewards and the efforts of, of his effort. Not he's doing it alone. I mean, it's happening through many, many different mysteries all over the place. But I think he's one of the main spearheads. That's, this has been his main theme in ministry, um, pretty much all his life. And he's been in ministry as long as I have. So it's like 45 years. So, um, he's starting to, you know, he's been, sowing to the spirit and now he's reaping to the spirit he's starting to see the results of his work manifest through what's going on in detroit today it's pretty awesome and his sons uh, it's incredible his sons have laid a pathway the entire world knows about peacemakers they've got a uh, one of his sons jonathan um this guy is i mean what you and i did eric and in, in some of the expedition that we went into the Sanoa desert can you imagine this guy his whole life is just wrapped on uh, backpacking and, a, and bike usually biking by a bicycle. Even though his brothers all rode motorcycles, he's mainly a, a hiker, backpacker. He's been to every country in this world, I think. Um He goes to the off-beaten places that nobody's ever heard of, or he'll go to the major cities. Whatever the Lord tells him to go, he goes. Wherever he does, he preaches the Word of God uncompromisingly. He shows everybody the uh, Peacemakers International. Sometimes he'll set up permanent connections. So they go back and uh, uh, Peacemakers goes back and helps maybe start a uh, an orphanage or, you know, whatever the gap is that they need. And if they have the ability to put this all together, they don't really have the funds, but what they do is they're good at is it. It's just putting the locals together, organizing them, and getting them started into something. And so they've been doing this literally all over the world. I mean, he's this kid here, a uh, kid, he's not a kid, but I mean, maybe 20 years younger than me, but he spent probably the last uh, 15, 20 years doing this to all over the world. Wow. So, I mean, the whole darn world knows Peacemakers. He's laid up, he's been a trailblazer. He is an original Indiana Jones, this guy is, man. He just, you know, I get a kick out of and just, you know, listen to some of his stories and everything. It's just pretty awesome. So, uh yeah, he's got quite a legacy in his kids, and I like to think that I got, uh, I got a legacy with uh, two of mine, too. You know, they're they're right there with me. They don't think Dad's crazy. They actually think, uh, you know, well, they grew up. Everything Dad said so far has been sounds freaky, but it's always been it, it panned out exactly what he said.
3: Right. So
2: they've been pretty open to everything. So <clears throat> it's just something different is happening in Detroit. They're, the unity there is just like I've never seen anywhere before. It's truly amazing.
0: That's pretty neat.
2: I, well, I feel like a kid waiting for Christmas. I mean, I know this is doomy and gloomy, and I know this is going to be heartbreaking on many different levels, but I've already seen the end, the light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm so excited about that part. I can't wait to get there. So all I can say is, you know, hold out for three, four months. Around August, it's going to be a whole different story. It's going to start getting better. It's going to start getting on a lot better. mhm. Many of you that know what you know, and you've always been laughed at and mocked and and, uh, thought of being nuts. This is going to be our year of, of credibility. The things that we spoke, the things that we said. So instead of being shy and shying away, get bolder, get more, stand your ground and keep proclaiming what you've been proclaiming. Because by golly, the more you do, the more confirmation you're going to get. Because that's sowing seeds of thought into other people's lives. Don't let anything deter you from doing that. Just keep on keeping on. They that know their God will be strong and do exploits. This is our opportunity to exploit all of this stuff to further the gospel. Because anybody, through the coronavirus or anything, it's not the virus that's a threat. It's the lack of a position of knowing him as Lord and Savior. Once you know him as Lord and Savior, Hey, we don't have anything to worry about. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. This is the inheritance of those that put their trust in Him. That's what the scripture says. That's for all time, anytime, anywhere. And it's interesting in context when that was written, when, when Isaiah was prophesying that, when you look at um, the world situation, and the top people with the top technology were the Hittites and the, um, Philistines. Uh, the Philistines. And they were like the Canadians and Americans. They had shared everything. They were like, you know, one was just like the other. They they had the same God. They had the same culture, the same technology. The Hittites were the ones that had were more proficient and shared it with the Philistines, but they were in the Iron Age when everybody was in the Bronze Age. From my metallurgical background, iron uh, uh, iron hits uh, a bronze weapon. And it usually shatters like glass. So you're hitting, you're sitting there with little fragments of a uh, a sword trying to stab your enemy. And yet history shows us the Hittites got their butts kicked by the Egyptians, which were Hamitic. And so they went from the west coast to the to the from the east coast to the west coast and joined up and moved into Ashkelon, one of the five city fortifications of the Philistines. They became like one. And When the Philistines continually fought the Hebrews, the Hebrews were in the Bronze Age. They were in the Brass Age. They continually lost all the battles all the time. They were always losing their wars. So God protects his own in spite of the technology that's there. In the time that Isaiah was spoken, the iron didn't mean anything. God protected his people, and they defeated them anyway. Yeah. The same can be with us. This virus is a weapon made by man targeted to us. Do we have to worry about it? Nope, not if we're in Christ. We have an inheritance, and that is that God is going to protect us. He's going to see us through. It's a weapon formed by man against man. Guess what? Can't touch me. Mm -hmm. Can't touch me. Hey, uh, John,
0: when you you said your story earlier, when we were talking on the phone this afternoon, you you mentioned another group at another Walmart, and you made a, a contrast between the walmart in the inner city and the Walmart that was ten miles away uh, well the
2: one was yeah the one was Walmart the other one uh, was um Meyer Meyer is a big box store superstore here I think more local probably in our area here mm-hmm. but um we were in myers uh, my son this was this was um back in January one of the only days that we actually had a snowstorm and I mean it came down like Right away, instantly, there was, you know, a foot of snow on the ground. My son's car got stuck in the middle of an intersection. He was not ready for it. I don't know what the background was, um, but he he had tennis shoes on. They were sopping wet. He had a hoodie with a T-shirt. He had come off of work, so he didn't dress heavy because he wasn't expecting to be out, you know, in any kind of weather for any length of time. He just... um you know, when you're working hard and everything, you're sweating. So like father, like son, I would just usually wear a T-shirt and I'd, you know, have a light jacket that I'd just go into the car and then go back home. So he wasn't even dressed for this kind of weather. He a it freezing his butt. He's got an empty gas can in his hand. He's there literally in tears asking somebody, please, can you just give me a ride to the gas station? I need gas. My car's broke down here in the middle of the intersection. He's in tears. Nobody would help him. No, Uh it just they went right by and just ignored him. This is in a neighborhood, a very upscale neighborhood where most of the people live there, live in great rooms. They don't have living rooms. Most of them got private ponds and lakes or or something that they live on uh, because that area right there is just pockmarked with, um, uh, gosh, there's, you know, ponds everywhere. um, Now, I lived in a mobile home park, but I lived in a really, really nice mobile home park in that place. And uh, everything was super nice in Shelby Township. It's a very upscale neighborhood. But yet it was dog eat dog, man. Every man for himself. We don't care. You know, um, he got nothing from no one. Now, to say all that though, um, one additional, when he did finally get help, cause dad came out and picked him up and he's, he's chit chat. This guy was in a, this guy came out. He was dressed, man. You can, I don't know. I, because I'm familiar with clothes from running a secondhand store. This guy was in something like a Giorgio Armani suit. This guy right. just looked spiffy, man. He was just like top to bottom, man. This guy was an executive, and you knew it. He went over, and he says, sir, can I help you? Is there anything I can do? Can I drive you somewhere? I mean, this guy was just pouring his heart out, wanting to help him. Yeah, he was a brother in Christ, man. It was an awesome thing. But uh, uh, he said, no, but and, and he says, well, look, can, can, I have, can I have your number? Can I keep in contact with me just to make sure that you came out okay? Wow. He says, really? Yeah, I do. I, I really, w- I would like to do that. He says, well, sure, here. You know, he gave him one of his business cards, uh, you know, for painting and, uh, and he just left away. And boy, I'll tell you that made my sons the rest of the day, all the, the, the panic, the trauma that he went through. That one man just changed his whole attitude. He was just having an attitude, a general attitude at the rich, you know, and this guy just, Undid it right away. Thank you, Jesus, man. You 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 give us what we need when we need it. You know, and that one little situation just took all of the anger and everything away. And uh, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's probably uh, most likely somebody <laughs> that, that had been in dire straits before himself, you know, and uh, maybe that's what led to him to become a Christian. And he remembered what it was like. And, uh, you know, it's possibly that or the Holy Spirit just moved them, too.
2: Maybe well, you know, know. It, it, I think it was a little of both. And the thing is, he, he said, well, I just got back from Philadelphia, and I wasn't expecting this kind of weather. And I noticed, oh, my gosh, he's got a suit on, but how can I know the suit? Because he doesn't have a jacket. He doesn't have an overcoat. He, he didn't have one. He wasn't expecting this weather either. So he says, well, I, you know, I I can feel your situation. I just got back from Philadelphia. just got off the plane and – and uh I wasn't expecting this weather. I don't even know. It's oh like, my oh goodness. my gosh. <laughs> man. So, wow. you know, Romans 8:28, man, all things work together for good. You know, to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And there's so many scriptures, promises that we can have that we don't have to be in this panic. You know, I'm persuaded neither death nor life, that things past, nor things to come, nor um, principalities or powers, nor any other creature can separate us from the love of God. Which is in Christ Jesus. Man, we can go we can go to heaven knowing that. I mean, nothing can separate us from God. And I've heard all kinds of this soul sucking thing and you know, demon and whatever. Oh, well, you're gonna suck my soul. You can't do uh-uh. that. Uh-uh. You can't touch me.
1: I'm like a, you know a, like I'm, Ghostbusters, like a proton? Yeah, yeah,
2: something yeah, something crazy like that. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, 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 no. That no, not not to a believer. Nope can't happen uh i mean yeah if they mess with your mind you're going to actually believe these it and follow them down their la la trail that can kind of result then in that way but um as a direct attack they're going to attach a machine or or point a gun at you and, and suck up your soul nope sorry <laughs> uh not me can't touch me i'm the gingerbread man i'll run and run fast as i can can't catch me i'm in the hands of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't want to take that off. Dad does. He takes care of his kids.
0: Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. And that's another aspect of sound. You know, there there are sounds that we hear that aren't audible. And the still small voice of God is one of those sounds. Mm. And, you know, a lot of times you hear, oh, I've been praying and praying and praying. And you you stop and you go, well, did you stop and listen? Well, no. Well, there you go. Yeah, if you keep talking, how are you supposed to hear? You know, it's it's you know dealing with psychotic people all the time. You see it all the time. You know, they're constantly you know this and that and this and that and this and that. Well, you know, can I have your ear for about five minutes and maybe we can talk about this and you know and yeah, okay. And then you know you start in about thirty seconds later. You know, all of a sudden they start in again. So i I wonder if sometimes God sees, sees us as a little psychotic because we, we tend to, um, we want to talk with them, but we want to do the talking and talking has always been to me a, a two way conversation. It's a double, you know, a two way street, a double ended conversation. You know, I talk, you listen, you talk, I listen, but it seems like in a lot of our prayers, it's like, okay, God, I'm going to pray this. Okay, God, thank you very much. Amen. You know, and then, okay, well, I'm going to go back to doing whatever I was doing, and and I'm not going to, you know. And then, so how is he supposed to talk back? You know, that's what, the, what quiet
2: contemplation is. That's what well, that's, the, the scripture says, be still and know that I am God. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, that's what it's saying. Shut up and listen to him. Exactly. <laughs> so, And they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. What it says, they'll mount up to the wings of eagles. They'll run and not be worried. They'll walk and not faint. That the mounting up is when you first get an understanding of our revelation, you're just soaring high, just, you know, with, with the greatness of it all. Then you learn how to run with it. And when you run with it, you know how to start to apply it and use it in your life. Then for the rest of your life, you know how to walk with it and have it be a part of you and a part of your life. But, uh, steady and slow. slow and steady will make you ready and that's the thing it needs patience they that wait upon the Lord that means patience if we have patience and we go to God and talk to him and hopefully this is where the full gospel uh, is the most important speak in tongues and then expect the interpretation God will give it to you you're saying a perfect will prayer about the situation or the person that you're trying to reach and God has got a perfect answer back to you. If you're willing to sit and wait for the answer, it right. will come. Right. Um, you know, that my my friends who are a couple that live out in Seattle, I talked to them last night for, gosh, two hours. And it was awesome. Man, the man is now his wife is a dear friend of mine. I've known her for, oh, gosh, 40 years. Uh, she was part of the King's Kids, the Christian bike ministry that I was in. And I am so happy for her that she's got a man that really loves her, really takes care of her, but very humble. He says, Jim, sometimes I'm, I'm learning God's voice better, but sometimes I'm not sure. Um, what should I do? And what I did, I, I started praying in tongues and I said, okay, Lord, give me, give me what the answer is. Man, the Lord gave me a, a deep answer for him that was exactly what he needed. Now they in turn wanted to pray for me and they both counseled me on something. I said, Jim, don't, Maybe you might not want to know, just go out there without a mask and without gloves on. This is kind of serious. And maybe you need to find more of a balance. But, well, you know, because it came from them, I, I thought, you know what? I'll, I'll pray about it. And then all of a sudden today what happened and the Lord showed me, you know, take the precautions, not for yourself, but for others. You don't want to transfer this to other people. I go, oh, my God, I never thought of that. Here I'm trying to make a bold statement. Hey, it's not going to kill me. Well, what am I going to do to them? Oh my gosh, Lord, I, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I need to. I don't go out now, right now with a mask and gloves on. I do wear gloves now, but, you know, but not, I wear gloves, gloves, you know, and I'm washing when I get home, when I, you know, and in my Roman bleach, I love my bleach. Uh, but, but it did kind of, you know, change me, but I consider the fact, this fact, they're living in Seattle, Washington. They have the death rate that is like no place else in uh, in no city in America.
0: Seven seven point eight percent, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's high. That's that, just weird. that would be right in line with uh, what Italy is at, which is seven point seven. You know, so they,
2: they started. The they're, the they're the same. They're the same way the Italians are. These two are so filled with optimism, but that's that's what I loved about Debbie anyway. Debbie has this optimism you just want to be around her if you want to feel good about yourself and good about life just get near her she's always got a kind word for everybody and you know that's why she's so well loved in detroit um as a king's kids family um she'll always have a home here so uh it's just it's wild so i i gave him some insight that's going to help him even be more uh discerning and quicker and it was just what a delay it was because he's kept her safe and protected her and given her balance structure i'm just so thankful that you know that they are together and uh it's just i don't know they're they're both happy i mean you wouldn't know that they were two people living in seattle they're just so like the couple that, that you saw you know on the balcony singing yeah. Yeah. that's the way they are man they're having they're having fun they're having a good time Because their confidence is in the Lord.
0: Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's one of the things that uh, when I was reading about the Christian history in that class, you know, it's uh, the Christians are always singing hymns all day long. Uh, Not just hymns, psalms. They sang the psalms. Because Mm -hmm. When you look at it, you know, and you think about it, you know, the early church didn't have the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke and Luke and John. You know, they might have had little bits of it and little pieces of it, but um, those books are still being written in the real early church.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so all they had basically were of words encouragement were the Psalms, and so they sang them day and night. And uh, and that's that's one of the things that used to, because you know, despite what you hear about Rome and persecution, Rome really tolerated. Well, we have to differentiate between The Jews of Jerusalem and and the the Romans, because the the Romans saw the the Christians as just another Jewish sect, so they didn't really bother with them, uh, persecution-wise, because the Jews were kind of favored among the Romans, although they were hated at the same time. It's hard hard to explain, but um, the Christians were seen as a new religion, and uh, new religions, any religion that came after Rome was established, was not respected kind of like the islamics do, don't respect any any religion that came after or started after 600 AD they tolerate others but they don't um they don't tolerate anybody any religion that uh was formed after muhammad right. started preaching anyway um so the christians you know when they were meeting together they would sing psalms and of course that kind of gave them away and most of the time they were tolerated by their roman neighbors but if they weren't and charges were brought against them then they were brought before the 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 roman officials and then they were asked to recant or die but for the most part you know the romans didn't go out seeking christians they only took christians that were turned in by their neighbors or you know, a jealous worker or workmate or maybe a jealous slave or something like that, you know. Um, interesting fact in history that I never knew until I took this class. But, um, but they only had the Psalms to sing. And, and like I said last week when we were talking, you know, when, when I first became saved, you know, back in the 70s, we sang a lot of the Psalms. You know, I mean, there was a Psalm, As a Deer Pants for the Water. That was a Psalm. Um mm-hmm. A lot of David's Psalms were turned into songs, and we sang them, you know. And, and I've I've watched the evolution of what's what what Christian singing is nowadays, and it's it's not what, what you did for me, Lord. It's what I'm doing for you. And frankly, it kind of turns my stomach. And yeah. when I'm in a church that sings those songs, I won't it will not sing those songs.
2: You and know? some of them are, you know, they are basically narcissistic. Like I'm I'm sacrificing my praises to you, and it's like. Come on, man. Yeah. You know that's just so narcissistic. You know, it's yeah. just, and I know the intention wasn't to be that way, but it just is part of a an erosion away of the the me generation. You know, selfies and yeah. and all that rest of that stuff, and it's, ignorance uh, too, because you, you
0: got to realize, you know, I, I I'm guilty. I have to admit I'm guilty because when I listened to rock and roll, I didn't care what the words were. I liked the music. You know, right. the, the instruments stuff like that and i just sang whatever words i thought they were singing so i'm just as guilty <laughs> you know um uh i'm i'm trying to think of a uh an instance and i can't right now but
2: got we all loved In the got to be yeah we I mean, didn't yeah. know what the heck they were saying we didn't care what they were saying it was a really cool beat
0: yeah it was and, yeah. and I think a lot of Christians do that nowadays because they think, hey, everybody else is doing it. I'll do it. But, you know, <laughs> if your neighbor is over fornicating, are you going to do that, too? Um, but uh, I know that oh, there's one song, you know, and then and, and part of the chorus is, "And all I do, I worship you. You know, and all I do, I worship you. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't sing that because I can't claim that. You know, there's a lot of times when I'm, you know, I don't do things that are worshipful towards him. You know, getting mad at my car when I'm driving home, that's that's probably one of the biggest ones right there. You know, Driving behind
2: somebody that stops at a roundabout. Yeah. Oh, Lord, that must set me. Yeah, and that's you not know, worshiping God. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <we're not>. you <laughs> know, it really isn't. <laughs> so
0: uh, whenever they sing that song, I'm like, I can't sing that. Now, I'd be a hypocrite if I sing that. You know, I could sing in all I do. I hope I worship you.
2: <laughs> you <laughs> no, we well, sing it that way. That's what I usually. I'll modify it. Yeah, that's a good modification. In all I do, I hope I worship you. I like that. I think that's what I'll. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and what was that one? Um, uh, oh, um, oh, Amer- oh, God bless America, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: anyway, yeah. But um, yeah, I've I've learned as I've gotten older that words are very powerful. We're kind of getting back to the speaking thing and the sound. But words are very powerful, and you can speak things um, that you you can speak untruths without even knowing you're doing it. You know, and and. um uh, you can, I always got a kick out of, uh, uh, what Was it, uh, there used to be a saying, "Men, women gossip, men share, you know, and uh, you, you'd be sitting at church and somebody would walk up to you and they'd say, oh, well, they wouldn't just say, you need to pray for so-and-so, and I don't want to tell you why, but they need prayer. It would always be, oh, you need to pray for so-and-so because he's cheating on his wife and you know, and, and and she just found out about it. And now the whole family's falling apart and everything. And it's sometimes it's good to know specifics, but, you know, God knows specific, the specifics too, you know. Right, right. And so there's nothing wrong with go, going home and saying, Lord, I understand there's something going on in that family, and I just pray that you would straighten it out, that you would talk to all the people that are there in in that family and that, you know, you know all their hearts and that you would – you would heal hearts and that you would heal minds and everything else and without having to know all the nuances because sometimes, I you know, it, it just came across as gossip, you know, and I, I, I yeah. can do without that, you know, I, I really can. And I, I don't need to be finding out things about people. I, I got to admit, it's fun every once in a while, but I think and I think that's what got them mad when I was teaching Sunday school. Because I was doing such an effective job. And I'm not bragging. I just I was just doing what I was supposed to do. Um, I don't know if you've ever taught Sunday school. But what they do is they hand you this packet. And it's from this company. Uh, well, when I was doing it, it was Assembly of God. So it was the Assembly of God. And and it was this course that you were supposed to follow. And, and I remembered it from when I was a kid. And I, I went to Sunday school in, a, in a, um, Episcopal Church. And it was boring as all get out. You know, and Sunday school is not supposed to be boring. I mean, it's not supposed to be a party either, but they're supposed to learn. And I had fifth and sixth graders, so they were right on the edge of uh, attaining knowledge or wanting to attain knowledge. And and so I'd say, you know what? I'd say, they want me to teach you this stuff, but I'm going to put it right here. We're just going to get right into the Bible and talk about things. And I want you to tell me what you think about it, okay? So we, we were really getting And we were having some of the most fantastic Bible studies in, in Sunday school class. The kids are walking out thanking me and everything else. And But after a while, it was like, can we pray? And I'd say, yeah. And, you know, little Johnny, I, I always use that name, okay? So uh, little Johnny would say, well, would you guys pray for me because my parents are fighting and my dad's talking about getting a divorce? Well, You know, those are things we didn't need to know, (laughs) but we prayed anyway. And, um, you know, little Sally would say, you know, uh, well, mommy, uh, daddy's mad at mommy because mommy's got a girlfriend, you know, and I'm not just talking about a friend she hangs out with. Well, anyway. So we pray about that. You know, we we never talked about things outside of Sunday school or anything else. But all of a sudden, uh, you know, it went from, hey, you're doing a great job to, hey, we're going to remove you from this position for a little while. Just just go out and sit in the congregation for a little while. Even though I had parents coming up to me telling me, oh, you're doing such a great job. The kids are raving about you and everything else. But I was, politics got into it and I was learning stuff that I wasn't supposed to learn, that the leadership was not. Um, who they said they were, that the uh, the parents that were deacons and and elders were weren't the uh, shining examples that the Bible said they were supposed to be, you know, and and uh, so I was, you know, oftentimes removed from that position, because, and and only because of that, you know, it's the only thing I could actually click together that that was the reason, and it's just a shame that you know when you start becoming effective in a church. All of a sudden, it's like uh, it's almost like the pastor thinks that you're 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 vying for his job or or something like that. You know, and, and really, that's the last job in the entire world that I would ever want on the face of the earth. You know, I don't want to sit there counseling people while they're coming up to me with all their problems and stuff like that. Not in that kind of format anyway. Um, but, uh, you know. I hate politics, politics, poli- politics should not be involved in the church and and no. and, eric, and eric eric I, I agree with you totally with the 501c3 that it's the families that are running the churches that are causing all the problems and yeah. they're and they're running the churches because they you know joe blow over here owns a car dealership and and yep. uh, john john blow his brother is the is the, is a lawyer and and you know somebody else is a city councilman and stuff like that and yep. uh boy i'll be glad to see that die
1: well i wonder um, you know through this whole thing with this virus if if churches will collapse in terms of the financial aspect of it because i don't know about you guys we're doing you know i don't know what it's like where you're at but here uh, most of the churches had some kind of online streaming function uh-huh built into their churches so like people if they couldn't make it to church or uh were sick or something and didn't want to come they could stream it online on as Well they they canceled church around here yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I don't know too. if they yeah. right. No and they so... haven't
2: no. Uh, peacemakers as long as as long as we're allowed to go out we're meeting. Tomorrow tomorrow we are having a uh fellowship dinner uh in and, and Shelby Township at the fisherman's net, really uh, that that's if the fisherman's net is going to allow us to have the building open, we don't know yet we got to check with them, but if they're going to allow us to have it open, we're having a meeting. we're having a dinner together wow.
1: we're yeah, not that's
2: not anything
1: that would be the opposite of what's happening around
2: well, here. and that's part of that's part of uh, Steve Upshur's ministry we uh, when he says in the forty five years that we've ever been together, the devil doesn't take time off, why should we take time off? is yeah. uh, no matter what the weather no matter what is going on in this world we've always been open and available and i said well steve if they're going to let us be there i will be there tomorrow i'll darn sure be there i'm
3: right.
2: we're showing people that right. you, you really don't have you know we're coming together in fellowship this is something that is god's will he can't, and nobody's going to stop it and the devil darn sure isn't going to stop it but uh, everybody thinks that you know we've got more power than what people think that we have and it's our right. entitlement as children of God, but we don't exercise it because we shrink back. Yeah. I think some uh, church now we stream everything too. We stream every, every services is there so that you can be there at home. Um, the fellowship dinner, probably not work. I mean, you know, how are you going to keep that interesting (laughs) listening listening on everyone's conversation? I mean, it won't, it won't be televised. You got to go there to be a part of it, but that aspect of fellowship for us is very important and we want to be able to come together. So if we're allowed to, I'll be there tomorrow. And you know, Oh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't, I'm not going to walk in fear. Forget it. Yeah. I'm a child of God. This weapon is not going to hurt us. So it's all Christian. We're all one together. You know, we're not, trying to we're not putting anybody in danger. Everybody that goes there goes there because they have the faith to believe that we're gonna be okay and we will be okay. So that might be a little bit different, but it's something that they've always practiced. And uh you know it it if we if we're not under martial law Wednesday, I'll be there Wednesday and I'll keep being there whatever whenever we are open until I'm told that I can't and then I won't. But uh most of the churches most of the big churches are shutting down they yeah. they're not having services yeah. it's like man i you know that's just to me that's weird i mean it's like satan doesn't take days off why are you guys taking days off this is just kind of but they're struggling well they,
1: did, they did. just
2: the way it's going to be
1: yeah well i just uh you know to find out how you take the day off they uh they still did the service right but they just streamed it. So the pastor was still there. They still did the service. It's just the people weren't meeting the congregation. Like I could tell like from the streams, I could see how many were, uh, were streaming. And I think it had reached up to 260 streams and I'm figuring, you know, an average of a four to five person home. That's, that's pretty, Pretty significant portion of
2: pretty much the congregation like what the exists. what the NBA was doing, you know, they're just, yeah. they're still playing a the game. They're, they're televising it, but they just don't have the audience. Well, now in Michigan, that's not even an option. There's no well, assembly. Uh, you know what There's, there's a no play.
1: there's no NBA, Jim. Uh, yeah. It's They done. canceled the whole season. It's oh, over.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I yep. I I'm not a basketball fan, so I didn't know. And Major
0: I, League Baseball is going to start a month late. Yeah.
2: Well, the thing about uh, me—they—they they started a uh, XFL football, and it's not—I can't even find out what happened to it. Did they fold, go under, or did they quit? Do the same thing, you know? Just—I um, got no information on them at all. I watched most of the season this year, and um, they got three more games left to the season, and now they don't even exist. It's like they never existed.
0: Well, you know, Weird. I was—I was just wondering about you know the streaming thing. How's it going to work out with Tides? Because I know for wow. a fact that, that a lot of people. You know, that was like the point the, I was get, I was getting the, at. The doctor goes in there and he gives he puts money in the plate and the lawyer sees the doctor putting in so the lawyer's got to put in, and you know it, it goes down the line you know and even even with the um should we say the middle class, you know uh the plumber's putting money in there and so the electrician's going to be putting money in there but if nobody sees anybody putting anything in the plate are people going to donate?
1: I don't know.
2: Well, I don't know. I I I got a lot of people that usually contribute to me personally as well as ministry. The personal stuff I use for personal things. I. But just you
0: you have always been all. You don't have your own physical location. Typically, you have a an online ministry and always right. have.
2: Well, now I do. Now I got the museum. So you know, even though right. it's my home, it's my you know, it is a museum. So I do have a place. But. Um, it hasn't come in, and I get it. I understand. This This thing jumped on everybody. Most of the people, I don't know how it is in other states, but uh, construction work contractors, are you kidding me right now? Everybody, you know, halfway through the job, the homeowner saying, I can't pay you the coronavirus, this coronavirus. Well, you know, what? do you, you can't argue with them. Right. So they don't get paid. So guess what? I don't get my money that is due me. Right. Um, you know, I'm actually, this is the worst financial situation I have been in ever in my life, ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of money that I was kind of counting on didn't come in, but I understand. I can't blame any of them. My God, they're in the same position I'm in. All of a sudden, we're using all our resources just to help ourselves and help our family and loved ones to make sure that they are got enough to, you know, go yeah. through this. Yeah, but so, I,
0: I see it in a different yeah. light, though, in a physical church, though, because you get, it's basically like, come almost like a play. You know, one guy's playing King Lear, and well, another guy's, yeah. you know, so yeah. who's going to have the best part, and who's going to get the most recognition, you know? Right.
2: Uh, and and I never, you know, I, that never that never appealed to me. If I don't have it, I don't have it, and I'm not ashamed. You know, I don't feel ashamed by not giving anything because I don't have it. When I have right. it, I give. Of course. Right. I give for an audience, you know. I give as I have uh, – the ability to give, of course, uh,
0: because you, you're operating with a with a righteous heart, right? You know, and, there's a lot of people in churches that don't don't, and they do oh, it know, for
2: it, the it appearance. And and the bigger the church, the more popular that kind of whole concept is. Or if it's a middle sized church where everybody can see everybody that's putting in and putting out. If it's a mega church, you can kind of hide that t- sometimes, you know, because it's so big, a thousand people or so. But um, a two or three hundred church, everybody can see you they know whether you did or not
0: yeah i know
2: yeah so it's yeah so it's a competitive kind of thing but then then again that's the whole structure of the church they're they're completely structured wrong there's no way that administrators with the gift of administrating and not having any experience in the fivefold ministry of of the lord there's no way that those people should be dictating to the pastor what he should or shouldn't do uh, you know, I, I've said this before. It's just we got everything backwards in that kind of respect. One thing before we shut off, I wanted to, to include was uh, getting back to the sonic uh, sound thing. Is that um, in in Buddhists and Hindus they have what they call Mandela wheels, and it looks like somebody was on speed or something, uh, you know, drank too much coffee and had a spiral graph, and they went crazy on a spiral graph. Uh-huh. Well, along with that picture image is a sound of as part of a mantra that they sing. You know, like you hear them going oh, oh you know they got different sounds ya or something like that. So everything has a sound that is attached to a specific spiral graph pattern. Mm-hmm. What scientists did recently is they took that pattern and they put it in a three-dimensional model. Instead of looking at it in two dimensions, they gave depth and height to it. Right. And then they put on a a light piece of tin, they put sand on there. They matched that sound and had it hooked up so that the vibrations would make a pattern. The sound matched a pattern, a pattern of a wavelength in space-time. That was the syntax for a sonic language. That would eventually be used to dial something in. That's what CERN runs on. This is what the Nazis understood as a real sonic language sci- science. So here's an, a physics truth that only recently have we come to understand or develop, and through the pioneering work of Nikola Tesla. But here it is encased in a wrong premise and a wrong conclusion made into a religion or a metaphysics, so to speak, of a religion, but encased in there was. A reality and as bizarre as that sounds putting it to scientific scrutiny oh my gosh that's what cern does where did they get it from well why did they why do you think they put that statue of vishnu uh or um no not vishnu what which, which one was it shiva shiva the story i planned because it's it's all part of their religion their religion has encrypted within it a physics that we're just now beginning to understand It's just uncanny as all heck. It's just crazy how that came together that way. But again, that's where uh, the secrets of heaven were scattered amongst men on earth. This is how it was scattered all throughout time through religions. I mean, for these people to be, you know, worshiping or or including this as a part of religion was almost like a scene out of Planet of the Apes where all these people um, that were burnt and mutated from uh, this bomb, they're sitting there worshiping the bomb. Right. Look what the bomb did. They made us these beautiful marks and our skin and made us this way. Oh, dude. No, you yeah, yeah, The bomb did that, but it wasn't really a good thing. Let me tell you the science behind it. You're sitting here worshiping this thing, <laughs> you know, so it's the same silliness, you know, that we find encrypted into some of the religions of the world, but you see past that and you see that, okay, here's just raw basic physics that can be applied. That's what they, the, that's what they did, gleaning from the Nazi technology. And here we got CERN. CERN is opening up this crazy pit and causing a lot of this space-time anomaly weirdo stuff that's going on. Um, But it actually served as a a syntax for a sonic language, a mathematically-based sonic language. It's just... Unbelievable. So this stuff is very, very real. It has science behind it. It has how it's extracted was very bizarre. Who on this earth would think to extract something like that? Now, the occult would be the first ones on the edge to look for this kind of stuff and find it. Um Christians Lordy, know. No way. I mean, that's just too crazy. That's weird. But now in these days... All the secrets are released to mankind because it's a weapon against us, and now we need to know what it really is so that we can put it in its proper perspective. That's kind of the world that we live in. This is what we're on the merging of embarking on and seeing more and more understanding of these kinds of technologies. Um, It's just, you know, it blends in with the coronavirus and everything else that we're going through. These are all stages set by an elite with a plan that they don't win, they lose. I peeked, I looked at the back of the book, Revelations 19th chapter, we put our trust and faith in the Lord, he wins, they lose. So we're just looking at the efforts of losers that are not going to win. So again, we don't have to be intimidated or fearful of, you know, oh my gosh, what are they going to do? What if Trump, uh, you know, doesn't get elected next year? That's already a foregone conclusion. I just, you know what I can't wait is when they find out who QAnon is. Oh, I yeah. love it. Oh man! Exactly. Exactly. So cool to see. I, I mean, you know, I I want to get an election button. As soon as we get out of this mess, I'm going to get one made up. It's going to say Trump slash JFK. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love it, man. There you go. Hey, you know, um, the Bible says the Bible says that God looks down at the plans you know, of man uh, that are trying to usurp Him, and He mocks them. What an ultimate mockery that would be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was just Anyways. looking. I just looked at real quick. I just looked at Lakewood Church, Joel Olstein.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and up until a couple of days ago, he was going to press on with services, but he's changed his mind and he's doing everything online. And another thing I wanted to tell you is, I don't think this is a coincidence, but it'll probably you'll probably see it soon. But I don't know if you remember a guy named Peter Popoff. Yeah, um, I do. <laughs> I yeah. yeah, who could forget? Um, Peter Popoff has come out with a lot of commercials lately offering his his Miracle Springs water that he is uh, offering for sale on TV if you wanted to buy the water. And it has healing properties. So we got a Christian snake oil salesman on TV
2: trying to trying yeah, sell. So, anyway. I, I was just, hoping you were going to include that, you know, it included some snake oil or something. I mean, just, you know. Kind of go along with
0: it, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what's <laughs> in this stuff, but I got a feeling it's know. just tap water that he he bottles up and sends out. But folks, don't fall for stuff like that. Okay. The only miracle that you're going to get is one that Jesus will give you, and it doesn't come in handkerchiefs or oils, or uh, maybe oils if uh, he he anoints your head with oil, but uh, not with not with uh, spring water from Peter Popoff. Okay, so. <laughs> Just be wise as serpents, but gentle as doves, and, and don't fall for any garbage. Because there's every time that something like this happens, there's a, there's some myriad of people that come out with miracle cures for this. You know, um, it's going to be everything from <coughs> Peter Popoff's water to to somebody who sells copper uh, wristbands that will take away the virus out of your body. You know. The only way, you know, you're going to have to endure it and you're going to have to ask the Lord for help. And that's the only thing that's going to work. So anyway, I just wanted to offer that at the end of our thing. Jim, you want to wanted to if if everybody's done, do you want to uh, um, end us in a prayer and we will
2: Yeah, dismiss? it is. Pump, yeah, it is pumpkin time. Yes. And the good news is that uh, as long, long as we still have an Internet, we'll be here next week because. You know, we don't have to reach out and touch each other other than airwaves. So we'll be back. That's right. And continuation updated on where everybody is and where we're going. And um, I don't have a topic for next week, but I'm sure that before the end of the week, we're going to have one more than able to uh, post ahead of time. Yeah. I didn't post this time. I was so busy in 20 directions. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Father, we just come before you, Lord. We just thank you for the fact that you are in control. You've never not been in control. And even in the midst of this, and the, the attempts to make us fearful, to make us want chains attached to us, Lord help us to receive the inheritance that we have in you as your children. Yes. Help us to see and understand the manifestation of the sons of God as the Satan is pouring out everything he has against us, that you have more than equipped us with everything you want us to be as your children, with the power, the authority, and the confidence to not only not be fearful of this coronavirus, but to send it back to hell where it came from and where it belonged because it is a weapon that does not have to affect us. So, Lord, help us to find a balance of what to do when we go out in the midst of people. Um, if we are in lockdown, the whole country, that we might rejoice and from the balconies or wherever, our porches that we can sing a song of joy and worship unto you, that we can exploit the opportunity and bring as many people who are frightened and without hope to come to know you in a personal way. Let us stay focused on that. This is an evangelistic opportunity. This is probably why you're allowing all of this to happen, is to bring the final big harvest, the final end-time harvest to fruition. So help us to stay focused on that. For those that are fearful, those that are angry, that are Christians, these, these are normal feelings that we all have. But, Lord, work through us. And give us what we're not capable of having ourselves, that we might fulfill your will and be all that we're supposed to be in these times. We thank you and praise you in your wonderful and mighty name, Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, until we meet again, everybody, audience, be blessed. Uh, You guys be blessed. And, um, well, everybody remain in good health. The Lord watch over us and our families in that aspect and many other things. In Jesus' name. so. Amen. Good night, everybody. Good night, night. y'all. God bless. God bless.